he's got a nose for news and a face for radio. You're listening to Price's Highway, the podcast, with your host, Steve Price. It's our first show of the new season, so of course, we're talking celebrities. Thompson Station honorman Brian Stover with some big updates happening in the small town. We're not the only podcast in town. Jim McCarthy's back, and he's got a lot to talk about. Giddy up, let's do this thing. You're listening to Price's Highway, the podcast, presented by PriceSellsHomes.com, powered by in-house digital media, and fed by Frank over at Grecian Family Restaurant. I'm Craig Midget, your favorite podcast co-host, telling you to buckle up, Spring Hill Metroplex, and enjoy the ride. All right, everybody, welcome to the big show. I am your host, Steve Price, along with Craig Midget, and we've got a new sponsor, and they let us in. It's... Grecian Family Restaurant and Bakery, and uh, we can't be more excited to be here. It's good to see you again, too, Craig. What have you been up to? Yeah, you too. What you been doing these uh, last couple months since we uh, got together last? Well, I've been, watching, uh, I've been watching some streaming TV shows. I've been watching Yellowstone. Have you watched the Yellowstone? All caught up on Yellowstone. Have you finally got to the end or I to did. the end of the fourth season? Yeah. Incredible. Just I know you were a late bloomer when it came to Yellowstone. It, I was. Or, or, or a late adopter, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I've been really busy, so it was like one episode every three days. So that took me a while to get through. But, man, what a show. It's pretty good. Yeah. Also, I just finished Reacher from Amazon, which, uh-huh. love the books. Thought that uh, the Reacher character did a really good job. He is, they finally casted the right Reacher, Jack Reacher, uh, you know, in the movies, Tom Cruise plays him. Yeah. And it's just not, it's, Tom Cruise is not Jack Reacher. I, I, just... I, I'd, I'd read that. Um, no, I've, I've not read the Reacher books, but um, is that a pretty true to character? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That casting? Yeah. Really good job there. Um, I just kind of felt like it was, I don't know, like networking, you know? Like something that CBS would throw on at prime time. Um, really good central character and the supporting cast and the characters are just kind of eh, whatever but it was a fun little ride yeah. i did enjoy it so what about you what have you been up to um well i mean the biggest thing i've been doing is almost it's been focusing on bee stuff um i'm a beekeeper uh we've we mentioned it in other other shows and March and April is when really things start to really pick up for beekeeping. From January to mid-March, I will have attended four conferences and or workshops. I went to a big conference, beekeeping conference over in Sevierville back in January. I went to a, like a one-day workshop last weekend. Got a Tennessee Beekeeper Association conference in the first weekend of March. And then I signed up for another conference the, the week after that. Man, you're taking that really seriously, aren't you? I am. I'm really, you know, if, if I could replace my income from my, from my day job, yeah. which supports my family and gives us insurance and all that kind of good stuff, I would I'd, I'd transition to full-time beekeeping. It's, it's fun stuff and it's fascinating stuff. Very cool. We are here. You're probably hearing some noise in the background. We are here at Grecian Family Restaurant and Bakery. We're in the bakery section. And... With us now is our good friend and our, the person who's hosting us here, Frank. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about what you do here, what, what the restaurant is, and you do so much for the community. Tell the uh, audience a little bit about what you do. Well, we're here now. We're closing in on nine years. 
we're a, uh, we're a Greek and Italian restaurant. We try to do as much as the Greek food authentic as we can, as if you were to go to Greece. So a lot of stuff is very similar. So if people go out, I always tell them, don't, you know, go to a place that is not authentic, because then when you come here, you're going to ask what's the difference. So we, like I said, we try to do everything as authentic Greek food as we can. We're open every day uh, from 7 a.m. for breakfast, and then, you know, brunch on the weekends, lunch and dinner. Got a 14-page menu, so there's a lot to choose from. We have a lot of specials for families, for kids, like we do Kids Eat Free today on Wednesday. We have our trivia here on uh, Tuesday night. And then we try to help the community a lot by doing uh, spirit nights and fundraisers. We do a lot of those, especially for the schools. You know, um, and if they want to do a spirit night, we'll do is we do them on Monday or Thursday. Um, and then 10% of the entire day proceed, proceed, including, you know, the breakfast and the break, will go back to, it could be a basketball team, the football team, the soccer, cheerleaders, whatever we, we need, we'll give, you know, 10%. We have people who are ill, uh, people who are doing, who are fighting cancer, who need some help with bills, we do the same thing. So wherever it's needed, if they need a fundraiser, if they need a spirit knife, for whatever, we even have the pay forward board. Where if somebody, right, if somebody can't afford it, they can come in, get a meal, you know, take the receipt from the board, and no, you know, no questions asked, no problem, something who, who they really can't, you know, if they're really, and we have people who are really bad out there who don't have a meal, so yeah, they can come in and help themselves to that as well. That's really cool. Yeah, it's been working very, very well. Cool. And we're coming off of Valentine's Day. How was all that? Valentine's was very, very busy. Of course, that's one of our biggest holidays. Um, Our next one is our... And for Greeks here, we have a huge turnout for St. Patty's Day. So that's coming up next. What, what, what do Greeks know about St. Patty's Day? We don't. Uh, and in fact, the <laughs> recipe, I don't know anything about, I'll be honest, I don't know anything about corned beef and cabbage. Susie, who's our head here in the front, fantastic recipe. I mean, last year she cooked 200 pounds of corned beef. Oh, my. And it was gone in an hour and a half. I mean, they just love her. You know, she makes that. Wow. She has signature dishes like her sauces and gravy biscuits in the morning. Uh-huh. That's all her. I call her my sister because she's just, you know, but fantastic, fantastic cook. And, you know, and we try to do everything here homemade. I don't like frozen. I don't like store-bought and stuff. So we try to get as much from our burgers to our sauces. We make everything here. Very I don't nice. buy anything frozen. Well, uh, mm-hmm. speaking of homemade, it looks like, you have uh, presented us some banana pudding yep. that's homemade. It's a and big, we, big seller. My wife just made another batch, and, and we go through those like crazy. All right. So here we go. Taste test time. Ready? It's nice, nice firm pudding. Yep. 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 Texture. Oh, wow. It's light and fluffy. It's it really is. good. Mmm. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't come here for the Greek food, come here for the banana pudding. I know people have been telling me that for, you know, we put this in new. It's only, we've only put it for about a couple of months, and she makes it pretty much every other day, a big batch every other day. They love the banana pudding. No wonder. It's good. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Frank, where are we located? We are at 2003 Wall Street. Well, Frank, again, thank you for letting us be here. Thank you for the delicious I banana pudding. I appreciate that. Thank your wife for us. I sure will, and we hope to see you guys again soon. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thanks, thank you, Frank. folks. You know, uh, we were talking earlier about Reacher and Yellowstone and all that, and, you know, that, that brings up the idea of celebrities. And recently on the Facebook group, 
I, uh, I just ask people to, uh, now I call it a GIF. Do you call it a GIF or a GIF? It's GIF. Apparently, as declared by the inventor of the format, he called it GIF. GIF. Okay, well. I, 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 I went ahead and transitioned last year sometime from GIF to GIF. <laughs> well, I asked people what their celebrity lookalike GIF is, and people did respond. If you're not a member yet, uh, go to facebook.com slash groups slash Prices Highway, and you'll, you'll be cracking up. Like Jamie White, um, Alf playing the guitar. Oh, hey, look, and I'm just scrolling through this right yeah. now. Hey, look, it's me. Uh, I don't know if you saw this post yet, Craig. Who do, who do you think I chose as my uh, celebrity lookalike? Who you would have chosen? And I will say this. This is kind of more back in the day, probably 15 years ago, 17 years ago. The guy from Napoleon Dynamite? Yes, that, <laughs> that's exactly who it is. No, um, people have told me that I look like Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl? Yeah, like in the young days. Look, look. Young Dave Grohl. Here we go. I'm like, like Mentos Dave Grohl. Mentos, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see it, actually. What about you? Have people told you you look like somebody? Yeah, I, years ago, it had, it's been a while since I've, someone said that, but years ago, people told me Ben Roethlisberger. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm trying Probably to just take the goatee away. And, yeah, yeah, I can see Round that. in the face and, yeah. and, uh, and scruffy beard. Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. Yeah, all right. And I probably had darker hair back then, too. Gotcha. <laughs> no, but seriously, y'all, uh, like uh, Rachel Weeks Anderson, she, now, this is good. She does look like Madonna from the, uh, from the True Blue era. And I'm just scrolling down through some of these, and uh, they're, they're really funny. So, yeah, go, go take a look at that. Craig, we've got a big show today. We've got Alderman Brian Stover here. He's going to talk a little bit about what's happening in Thompson Station. And our good friend Jim McCarthy, local podcaster. So let's go ahead and get on with the show. Let's go. All right, everybody. We are here with Alderman. Brian Stover from the town of Thompson Station. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in the area? So, my wife and I moved uh, to Tollgate Village in 2014. We're now in Canterbury uh, as of 2016. But I actually kind of grew up around here. Uh, My mom and I moved here from West Virginia in 1986. Lived in the Madison area at first, then moved out towards this way all of my friends kind of lived over in green valley over across where berry farms is now so we have uh been traversing through this land since there were dirt roads through here and not a whole lot so i actually have seen this place grown up over the years so how old were you when you moved here 15. that almost gives you native status almost <laughs> kind of unicorn compared, I, to, compared to so many others here i predate cool springs mall that's oh, what dang. I tell people. Wow. Yeah. So it's we uh, when we first moved here, we briefly lived at the Hampton Inn Hotel off Old Hickory Boulevard in Brentwood, right there beside Wendy's. Uh, my mom got transferred here, and while we were looking for a place to live, then we ended up in Madison, graduated from White's Creek High School, then later went, graduated from MTSU. So I've, I've been around here for a while, seen a lot of changes, a lot of license plates. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, what what made you get into politics? I don't know. Uh, I, 
When we moved to Tollgate, there was, uh, if anyone from the three big subdivisions in Thompson Station knows, there was a particular cable company that was around, and there were some issues, and I went to attend a few meetings, and when I gathered from those meetings that a lot of folks had been talking about doing stuff for years, but no one did anything. So found a few folks that were as upset as I was. We went out and uh, got legal counsel and sued, and ultimately everything worked out in the end, but uh, all parties were happy. But one of the things about it, the folks in Tollgate said, you know, you should run for alderman. I had to Google what alderman was. I uh, wasn't really <laughs> sure. Um, I knew what city council was, but I didn't know what an alderman was. Started going to meetings and really kind of felt a, a desire to help build the town. You could see what it was when we moved here in 14. Um, I remember before we bought our town home in Tollgate, we were looking in Nolansville, and the, the realtor said, you should look. We have the same townhomes in Thompson Station. And my first comment was, is that place still around? I mean, is it, is it real? And we drove out here, and I could not believe the changes. Uh, I had left for a few years with my company, lived in Florida for five years, and came back to 840 being built. So basically, 840 created a lot of opportunities throughout the area. And being an alderman, you know, I don't look at it as a politician. I look at it more as, you know, just trying to help guide the town to a vision that everyone has, how we can make it a town that everyone is proud of, that we live in, that we all share a vision of what it can be. Since you've been on the board, what is the most difficult decision you've made? Oh, uh, I mean, I have to say there's <clears throat> anything involving spending a lot of money has been a very difficult decision. And our wastewater issues go way back. People understand what's going on. We're about to resolve that and get it done, but we had to purchase some land behind my subdivision to for drip fields because unlike any other city or town in the state of Tennessee, we have to discharge underground in what's called a drip field. And that was a very contentious item that we had to do. And it wasn't a popular decision. I mean, there was a lot of sleepless nights. I didn't want to make the decisions I had to, but it was the right decision, and we had to make it. We now look back at that decision. It was, it was a good decision. I mean, for what we paid for that land many years ago, that land's very valuable now. So, But anything, any decision that you have to make where you're going to disappoint somebody is tough, but as a leader, you have to make those decisions. You can't stand up there and just like, well, we can't do this. You know what has to be done. You've got the information. We've been told by our staff, our legal counsel, these are the decisions that need to be made. And yes, we do listen to residents. We do take input and we, we can mold around what we do, you know, to kind of, you know, get the best out of everything that we want. But all those decisions are tough like that. Now, I know Thompson Station started off small, and now it's not so small. You know, let's talk about some of the growing pains facing Thompson Station right now. So after the last census that came out, we are the second fastest growing city or town in the state of Tennessee. So we went from a population of probably 
2,600 from the last census, almost almost 10,000. Um, wow. Some of the growing pains, infrastructure, as everybody always uh, knows about roads, traffic, our wastewater. You know, like I said, that, that's been the bane of existence for this town for a very long time. Development. Um, how much development can be allowed, what's going on, you know, preserving as much green space as possible, making us into a, a town that everyone wants, a walkable community, what we are. But the growing pains are just as simple as that. Economics, trying to keep up with what we're trying to obtain, you know, from a residential standpoint and where they want to be. So that's the big thing. We've, uh, we've acquired a lot of land over the many years for parkland and what we're doing so it's really the growing pains come from just trying to keep up the elephant in the room yeah. the 500 day project over there on kreitz land you know some people call it kreitz land but they'd be wrong wouldn't they that'd be mispronouncing someone's actual last name that's right now do they own the farm there is that what that was kreitz was a family so if you're going along kreitz lane you look up you see a white house that's the kreitz house so, ladies and gentlemen, if you're calling it crits, you are wrong. But anyway, so there's a there's already a, a big construction project going on right now, which just started a couple days ago, and 500 days. 500 days. All right. So promise, promise. It's in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's going on there? So, you know, one of the hard decisions we had to make was the other day we closed the road down. Um, Christ Lane has been a long-term project that's needed to be done for many, many years. Um, so the night I was sworn in, in January of 2017, early that day, a young man took that hill at about a fast rate of speed and tragically passed away. So from that moment, we've been, that hill had to come down. We already knew it, but it just, it got elevated faster. So, a lot of land acquisition, a lot of uh, utility lines have to be moved around, a lot of negotiating. So we're finally to this point. People ask what exactly is happening. So if you remember the great 31 in Kreitz project that I have survived, you can see from that, if you come in from that side, we added about 10 inches to each side. That will be what is happening down Kreitz Lane. So at Clayton Arnold and Pantall Road, we will be installing traffic circles, also known as a roundabout. So people will have to learn how to navigate some roundabouts going down Christ Lane, but those were chosen uh, kind of for the feel. We didn't want stoplights. Also, a lot of studies out there show they do help slow down traffic, help people drive the speed limit. So... We're in the early stages of what we're doing. This will be broken up into several different phases. This is only phase one. What you're seeing right now is we are blocked off from the third entrance of Canterbury down to Clayton Arnold. That will happen for three to four months. That's when we'll be leveling out the, the road at the third entrance and taking the hill down. Then the closure will be basically right past the first entrance of Canterbury all the way down to Clayton Arnold, meaning you will not be able to access Clayton Arnold from Kreitz Lane. So if you're a normal person coming down that road, you will need to take 431 probably to Pantall Road or find an alternate route. So, wow. 
Yeah, so if you're a bus driver too, I mean, you've got Thompson Station Elementary and Middle right there. Everything was coordinated with the school board. Uh, all the communication went out. They understand what the routes are gonna be. Uh, the cut through through Canterbury will be through the new Avenue Downs subdivision, will give, which will give you access to Clayton Arnold Road from there. So mm. it's gonna be, it's gonna be a long process for a year. So we have to really navigate that. Communication is key in this entire project of how we're doing it. We understand it's not a, it's gonna cause some, some issues, people trying to get home and what they're doing. But once it's finished, we will have a great project and we'll be able to move forward. Uh, how are you managing communication with the residents? So uh, town staff is putting a lot of stuff on Facebook. I know I put posts out, some of the other aldermen also put communication out. Um, our town staff is communicating with uh, Spring Hills uh, town staff as well, giving them communication, communicating to their board of what all is going on, what the updates are. So, you know, we, we want to make sure we work together. We're good neighbors, making sure everything is in unison. Like I said, it's we know it's going to be troublesome a little bit for folks, but it has to be done. Yeah. I mean, it's for safety reasons, no other. That's it. Now, earlier we were talking about development and preservation, and you, you talked a little bit about Avenue Downs as being the uh, – the cut through, I guess, the detour. I saw the first house go up in Avenue Downs just today, uh, right there next to Clayton Arnold. When you're doing developments in Thompson Station, there is a fine line that you have to go as a developer between housing and preserving the land. Can you talk a little bit about what developers have to go through and what if, if you're moving to this area, what you're going to see in a neighborhood? So in 2015, Thompson Station embarked in what we now know as the Land Development Ordinance. They uh, brought in a company, did a lot of uh, public input meetings of what we were going to be doing. And a lot of that comes back. It's the blueprint of what we follow from a town standpoint, what our druthers were, what we wanted to see. And a lot of that was preserving as much land as possible. So when you see some of this development, you kind of look and see, you know, why are there so many houses in these little areas? So that's part of the zoning that we did that kind of compacts the housing into smaller spaces that allows for the preservation of more land. Within the land development ordinance, it gives you the guidelines of what you can do, what you can't do, how much green space you have to bring to the table. Uh, some of our new regulations of what we're doing in regards to, you know, wastewater, how much you have to do, how, mu how much you have to bring to the table as far as fees go and everything else. But the land development ordinance is basically our Bible. And it's, it's seven years old. And we've noticed there are some gaps in that LDO. So we as a board agreed uh, early this year, late last year, to update land development ordinance to really kind of fine tune it. Look, you know, we know this is good. We can do better. But as part of that, we as a board two months ago, uh, we had a lot of developers coming to us wanting a lot of upzoning. And when I say upzoning, let's say they found a piece of land that's one house per acre. Well, they wanted to put three houses per acre. And we've said no. If you want to build your house, you know, the subdivision the way you want it, there's a lot of land out there that's zoned the way you want. You need to go find that. But we as a board agreed 
there will be no upzoning until this LDO change is done. We want to you know, make sure we are correct in what we're doing. And it's what the residents wanted as well. Everyone's worried about too much development, too much housing, whatever. And we understand that. And the one thing I tell people, we cannot stop anyone from selling their land. Now, what I can do is put the landowners in touch with the Tennessee Land Trust and how you can protect that land and never be done. That's up to the landowner. But as far all we can do from a town standpoint is use that LDO as our guideline, our basis for what we're doing. If you look at the Thompson machinery that was built on 31, you'll probably never see another Thompson machinery that looks like that. That was part of our standard. That's what the design looks like. That's what we want. If you look at the front of Tollgate, of what's going on there now with the commercial aspect and everything, those are the design standards that we're looking for. So the bar is high in what we want. And some developers, you know, understand it. They follow it. They don't like it, but it's what they have to do. But I think we can do, probably do a little better job as we fine-tune it and really hone in. You know, times have changed what we're doing, so we want to make sure that we're getting all that across. So, Brian, you've told us a lot about Christ Lane and other development that's happening now and in the future. Tell us about green space in Thompson Station. Um, y'all established Preservation Park a few years ago. Um, is there anything else kind of coming on the line as far as, uh, as parks or, or things in Thompson Station? Sure. It's So that's one of the big achievements that we've made. Two big parks in town, Preservation Park, which is over 200 acres of, of passive land. The trailhead begins over in Tollgate. Uh, you can actually connect from there, walk over. We've added to that parking lot and that space over there. You also have Sarah Benson Park, which was Thompson Station Park for a very long time. That was one of the first things I did when I got elected was to rename the park after Sarah who was one of our founding alder women of the town. And Sarah later passed after that. And um, very honored to be able to have done that. But with those parks, we, we as a town have applied for a lot of grants to be able to do different and unique things. So our envisionment of the town is to make it as walkable as possible. And with those grants, we've been able to achieve trails through there. So like right now we're working through uh, the TDOT grant process, we've won a few of them. Uh, we're in stage two right now of moving forward from where the trail goes to Preservation Park, connecting it all the way down to where the dog park is. Well, the Nitro Dog Park, then phase three, when we did all that work at 31 and Kreitz, if you ever notice, there's a tunnel underneath 31. So ultimately, the park will connect underneath 31 and will come all the way down Kreitz Lane. Hmm. That will connect basically through Canterbury. Then we'll connect all the way up through Clayton Arnold to be able to go you know, through Bridgemore Village up Clayton Arnold. And we are about to apply for what is phase four, which could take six to nine months. That will then connect from Thompson Station Road basically over to Sarah Benson Park, which will then connect to Heritage Elementary. So the whole envisionment is connecting everything walkable you know, what you can do, get out. One thing we learned about from COVID when that happened, that park became very popular. A lot of people didn't even know it existed. Hmm. And luckily, we now have uh, started again our Thompson Station Community Association. So to put in a shameless plug for them, uh, April 2nd, they're doing their first ever 5K dash through Preservation Park. Love for everyone to come out. 
but that's the goal is we want to do more stuff like that. We want to do more community events in the parks. You know, I've always talked about doing movie in the parks, concerts in the parks, stuff like that. So really kind of bringing all that up. Let's pretend we have a crystal ball here. All right. And uh, we asked the crystal ball to see Thompson Station in 15 years from now. What are we looking at? I, mean, I couldn't have told you that five years ago. I mean, I remember the conversations when we were talking about a, a project called Two Farms a while back. And oh, yeah. I think we were all scratching our head like, is, can Thompson Station sustain million-dollar homes? Well, we look at what we've got today, and we've got some million-dollar homes around here. I think in 10 to 15 years, you will see a, a small town that has overachieved in what they've done in the vision of what they want to do. I ran on something. I told people this. We could be like a leaper's fork, you know, if we set our minds to it and really do it. We've just uh, passed some changes. We're going to try and redevelop the whole downtown area where Circa is, which is probably one of the greatest restaurants around. You know, I have chefs coming down from Nashville to go eat there, but we really want to redevelop that area. And people ask why. That's a central area of the town. It gives it an identity of what it is. People on the west side of town drive through there all the time. We want to give them something that they're proud about. As everyone remembers the event, Sip and Saber. Oh, the, yeah. Yep. Those were always great turnouts. But if we can redesign that little area with more commercial activity, what we're doing, how we can, you know, really build that area up, then we can really redesign, redevelop the town. But then when we start moving forward, we've got different sectors of the town, you know, uh, East Park, which is Roderick Place, they're going to have some commercial elements. We're still developing what is uh, the front of Tollgate. Mojo's Tacos just opened over there. We've got Aces Hardware. We've got them moving in. So really defining what Thompson Station is. The one thing we like is commercial development, and that's what we're trying to gear for. Everything we do is family-based. You know, mm-hmm. what, what can a family do? Where, how can we keep everyone in Thompson Station for the most part? We've got some exciting news coming up here very shortly in a project I've been working on for a while that hopefully everyone, not just Thompson Station, but everybody will be excited about. So that's kind of where we see ourselves. Details, details. Yeah. Come on, let's, let's break be a, some news here. It'll be a while. But it's, it's one of those things that when we sit down and we really gear towards it, what the town is geared towards, it's family. And that's what we want to be known for. Live in a very, myself, I live in a very family-centric neighborhood. It's kind of, a, my wife and I have no kids, but, you know, we are surrounded by small little children that are going to grow up. Yep. Like I did in years, I grew up in Brentwood, you know, working there for many years. I've seen a lot of those kids now be homeowners in this area. So it's kind of unique and different to see the migration of how that is. Brentwood in the 90s was kind of like what, we're going through in these days a, a small, a fast, upgrowing area where people wanted to live. Well, you have a lot of people who want to live down here in this area in southern Williamson County now. So we're a desired area. So we have to just make sure we do it the right way. Well, Alderman Brian Stover, thank you so much for leading the town like you're leading it. And thank you for being on the big show. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. We are here with our good friend. He's, good friend. you know, you are now the official member of the three timers club 
Three timer? Three timers. You're the only member. How does Did it I feel? miss a timer? I was on the first one. You're on the first one. I've brought you back with your latest podcast, probably about a year and a half ago. Oh, that's right. It was a phoner. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. And now here we are. Three times. Three times. The next time, two more times, will be the five timers club. That's right. I could do math. That's right. I'm mathing. And you were my very first guest because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. So you came in, offered some tips. Because typically the first episode of any podcast is a throwaway episode. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you gave me some great tips that I have just not followed because I still am pretty terrible at this. I don't even follow my own tips. So I know what to do. I just don't practice them. Well, Jim, welcome to the big show. Thank you. Thanks for being back here. And uh, I believe... uh, Craig, you're friends with Jim as well, right? You I've go, never met this man. You go back a ways. Yeah. We've known each other like nine, ten years. I know. Oh, oh. What, what, what? You yeah. were responsible for the Bittersweet Symphony, weren't you? The yes. mowing? <laughs> yes, the lawnmower video that uh, he said, drive by my house and just film me walking along with the cadence of Bittersweet Symphony. And then I sunk, I synced it with the song. How many views does it have now? I don't know, a few 9,000, I think, or something? Yeah. Nine, really? Yeah, I want to say it was about that much. So, all right. You that, were... to be, that could be like a reel now these it could. days. Totally. Instead of just some Facebook video. Maybe I should put it up. Buried in your, in, your, in your personal profile. I'm going to put it on the TikTok. Ooh. Are, yeah. you, on, are you on the TikTok? I'm on the TikTok. I, I, can't, I can't do the TikTok. It's the thing to do. I'm not, I'm not willing to jump into TikTok. I I actually put into practice the seven-second video algorithm uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and boy, did it work. It was amazing. The amount of uh, engagement I got off of that one little post, seven seconds. Just keeping it short? Yeah. What would you do? I, uh, for one of my podcasts that I produce, I just simply took a snippet and, you know, tried to succinctly put a thought out there in seven seconds, and I edited it down as much as I could, popped it up on to TikTok just to try it out, and wouldn't you know, it's one of the highest performing clips on the channel with, you know, 180 comments. And, you know, I just basically said something in the clip like, you know, uh, I don't understand DC movies. To me, DC just stands for deuce chill, you know. And it was something along the lines of that about that length. <laughs> and my gosh, they, they called me names, you know, the fat 50-year-old guy. You know, <laughs> look, look at, you know, someone's grandpa who apparently thinks that deuce chill is still a funny thing to say. And, you know, I got roasted. But, I mean, a lot of nice. people did say, well, you know, they started going back and forth. Well, DC is better. No, it's not. Marvel's better. I think your mom is ugly, you know. So, obviously, not a DC fan, but you're a Marvel fan, aren't you? Yeah, you know, DC I'll watch, but every time I watch it, i got to, you know, claw my eyes out and refresh it with Marvel stuff. What, what got you into comics? That is, I was never into them. I mean, literally, it happened because my wife, um, one day, I mean, it was always kind of like an at-arm's length fan of the movies, and, oh, they're fun, you know, I mean, uh, Iron Man came out back in 08, a friend of mine kind of dragged me to the movie theater, we watched it, and I came home, that was a really good movie, that was fun, you know, Iron Man 2 came out, and we watched that, that was fun, then the Avengers came out, we watched Thor and Captain America, that was like, oh, that was kind of fun, uh, but the Avengers came out, and we're like, oh, that's a real, wow, look at them all coming together, how about that, you know, I had no idea. And then yeah. lo and behold, they're actually like really good movies. And they're really, yeah, they have really and production value. And yeah, all that the kind production of good value stuff. was really good movies. And but you know, throughout the years, I would watch all the rest of the movies they would put out, and just uh, at some point, you know, like in 2018, when Infinity War came out, 
my wife said, hey, you know, let's take a couple hours this afternoon, take the kids to go see Infinity War. I'm like, oh, that's the new Avenger movie. She goes, yeah, all right, you know. So I kind of was familiar with all the overarching themes that had been happening. I knew that, like, you know, I didn't realize that, like, the Guardians were part of it. I had no idea that Doctor Strange was, you know, just no idea. Completely. That's, that's where they get the MCU from. I, but I wasn't even aware there was an MCU at that point. <laughs> so, I mean, I just literally, we went to the movie, and I was, like, hooked. Because it ends on a down note. If you watch the movie, it's like the Empire Strikes Back. It ends on a down note. How beautiful is that? They all die. Great. <laughs> That's awesome. What a great concept. So after that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we got to go watch these movies because they're all integrated. They're all linked somehow. Right. And that's what we did. And I just got I was hooked ever since. I got in. I, I was never a comic book person either. Yeah. Um, but I got into mm-hmm. MCU because I had a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, had a boy who liked uh, Spider-Man and Iron Man. And it kind of became our thing. Every Marvel movie that came out, yeah. uh, I, took, I took my son. For uh, us, it was now, a family affair. Who's now almost 15. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've, we've seen them all. Yep. Most of them in the theaters, uh, except the ones he was, you know, too young for mm-hmm. um, that, were, that weren't out yet. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, Disney Plus came out. We, uh, we subscribed, and then we watched everything chronologically. I, I've actually been in front of different people who are just as, um, I guess they have the same, a similar fervor. Uh, but I... I, I'm ashamed to admit the amount of times I've seen these movies. <laughs> Which one? Endgame, Infinity War, those types of movies. Okay. I, mean, I must have seen Endgame at least 20 times. That's, that's, that's 60 that's hours of watching. a little obsessive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty pathetic. Now, has the, uh, has the movie watching turned into comic book collecting? No. No, I just watch the movies. I collect, uh, you know, if you watch my podcast videos, you'll see that everybody selects an item in my office I, and I have the Caps Shield, I have uh, Mjolnir, Stormbreaker, uh, the Nano Gauntlet, and the Eye of Agamotto that Doctor Strange wears. So you can actually, if you guest on my podcast, we take a photo with you holding one of those items in my growing collection. Tell us more about, uh, tell us more about that MCU podcast. The uh, Capes and Hammers, uh, check us out, capesandhammers.com uh, on Instagram, follow along. It's, uh, it's basically 10 episodes so far uh, where two friends of mine, two guys who work for me, uh, and I, we just, we've always had these great conversations about the MCU in the morning before they would go off to do their, their jobs. And at some point I said, man, we should really do a podcast about it. And they were just like, yeah, make it happen. I'm like, ah, crap. All right, yeah, I'll do it. Let's, let's, <laughs> what's another podcast? Why not? You know? But I mean, in, in, in the addition to the stable of podcasts that I produce for myself and a multitude of clients, it's, it's a fun one. To me, it's, it equates to being like at a cover band when I used to do when I was in my 20s. So it's my ability to cut loose and just have fun talking about the stuff we like talking about. You, you were know? in a band? I was, several. You know this because I played with you at church. <laughs> at the bridge. You rock out for Christ. Jim McCarthy is, is an extremely capable drummer. Oh, stop. I'm so rusty right now, too. Yeah, same. Yeah. But once I shake the rust off, I'm semi-capable. He, he's quite good. Yeah. What did you play, Greg? Bass. bass. The bass. Slap at the bass. Yes. What was your favorite song that you all performed together? I think it was like, a Chris Tomlin song. <laughs> is, is, every other that, song that, does, that doesn't narrow it down very well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or a Hillsong song. I mean, it was one of the two. Yeah. What are some of your favorite podcasts? Uh, what am I listening to these days? I listen to a lot of Brad Lee. He's a good uh, friend of mine. Well, dare I say friend of mine. I guess 
client and colleague or I don't know. I guess he's more an acquaintance, I would say. I mean, he'll take my phone calls. So, so you're just name dropping then? I, yeah, I dropped something. <laughs> Can you pick that up? Uh, he has a podcast called the uh, Real Bradley Dropping Bombs Podcast. So what is that about? <clears throat> Mostly business influencers, people that he's got into his company. Similar kind of concept to my other podcast where, you know, someone comes into the building, hey, let's do an episode. But his is, you know, his is blown up. I mean, his is massive. Uh, probably, you know, fifty to 100,000 downloads per episode kind of mm. quality. Kind of like this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he has guys like uh, Cardone and Ed Milet. He's had Tony Robbins on recent. I think it was Tony Robbins. No, it, it was, uh, who was it? I don't know, somebody. But Tony Robbins is one of his clients at his business. So, so he's like bona fide. He's bona fide, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a player. Uh, Gary V Audio Experience. A lot, lot of F-bombs there, right? A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. He's if you're watching Yellowstone or something. I, uh, I like listening to Ethan and Lou, who are on the I-95 Rock and Roll a Morning Show up in Connecticut. That's the station I started uh, my radio career. And uh, Ethan has been on the air for 40-some-odd years at that radio station. Mm. I think he's done mornings 30 years. So now they turn all their breaks into podcasts, and they do a wonderful job. Local radio station, just, you know... Live and local in the morning, and they do a great job, and it's a lot of fun to listen to, and uh, they do a terrific job just uh, keeping it local. Uh, Ed Milet Show, great, great show to listen to. A lot of crypto stuff. And what else? I was cycling through. The Rich Redmond Show. Got to listen to that one. And, uh, do you produce that one? I do. I do produce that one for Rich. I'm actually his co-host on it. Of course, Capes and Hammers. Mostly automotive marketing with Matt Wilson. Say that five times fast. <laughs> He's a fellow uh, radio guy that I, um, uh, every now and then I'll guest on his show, he'll guest on mine, but he's, you know, a, a radio guy, so he's certainly dynamic and compo- compelling to listen to, because uh, he's just got that background. So, yeah, and I think that's about it. Joe Rogan's not on here anymore, because he went to Spotify. It's <laughs> no longer on the Apple Podcast platform. So, there you go. And Wizard of Ads. That's a good one. That's a nice short one to listen to, seven minutes long. Good little tips about marketing and writing and your business. And so, a lot of good stuff. I believe in marinating your mind in good stuff. Cool. You know, gets you out of a funk. Craig, what are you listening to? I, most recently, it's, for, for me as a beekeeper, it's bee season is coming up. Um, so... I, I listen to a couple podcasts. Um, one of them is called Bee Culture. Uh, has a couple old timers that have been doing uh, beekeeping for a long time, and they get a lot of good interviews with um, with people in in the industry. Um, good relevant stuff. Um, and then I also I also do watch um, several YouTubers uh, from uh, regarding beekeeping stuff. But then uh, Dan Carlin, Hardcore History. Um, oh I yeah, love that's awesome. His channel. Um, his uh, his series on um, World War One was just mind blowing. Do not go to sleep listening to that. Holy no! Really? Your dreams will be crazy. <laughs> I mean, he's very very visual in his speaking. Uh, yes, what do you like is. to listen to, Mister Steven? <clears throat> you know, there's this one called Twenty Thousand Hertz. Have yeah. you heard of that? Where yeah. they they take a deep dive into sounds like. You know, logo sounds. Um, and the other day, the, uh, the host, I can't remember his name, of course, at Dallas something. Well, he, um, he, interviewed, he interviewed people with the same name, which I thought was just brilliant. Uh, so all walks of life with the same name, 
In fact, one of them was a, was a woman. Right. And so, but they all had these like corresponding bonds, which I thought was really cool. Uh, another one is the Jordan Harbinger show. That's, that's a good one. It's, He's good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, John Acuff, one of the funniest guys, he lives here in, well, up, up the street in Franklin. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's just hilarious. Right. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. But, um, and of course, Price's Highway. Of course. You Absolutely. And, I mean, that's... Got to get this going again, man. Let's get it, get it rolling again. Yeah, we're, you know? we're doing it. Crank out four episodes a week. Well, <laughs> Jim, how have you grown as a podcaster these past few years? Eh, by about 30 pounds. Really? Yeah, COVID? How have I grown as a podcaster? Um, well, one of the things I think I said on the first episode was to always listen back to your stuff, which is something I, I, I pretty much adhere to. I'll listen to every, just about every episode I do on whatever podcast that I'm hosting. Uh, not necessarily on my, my clients' podcasts, but I do in, in, implore them to do the same. And typically... Um, I think I've been better at thinking about what I want to say before I say it and taking the time to not use filler words or ums and ahs and things of that nature. So that was one thing that I really... It's really hard not to do that. Yeah, and, it's, and the key to doing that is just keeping those words written in front of you, being able to pick up on them as you're listening back, keep them written down in front of you. And just, you know, if you feel the compulsion to say them, just stop. Just pause. It's okay to pause. Dead air is okay. Especially when you're recording. That's right. Uh, I treat every, every podcast like it's a live radio show. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, everything that's going around. I mean, we, I've had podcasts where uh, we had construction going on outside my office. And people are like, are we going to? Yeah, I'll leave it in. You know, it's just, that's what's happening. You know, we're having some, it's funny to me. Oh. You know, it, it's almost like a uh, pattern interrupt for the listener. What's the funniest thing that has ever happened on any of your podcasts? Oh, my gosh. Uh, on Capes and Hammers, um, the guys that I uh, do the podcast with, CJ and Gray, they're huge advocates for an energy drink called C4. So we decided, hey, why not just start doing live read advertisements for C4 while we're doing the podcast? And I think some of our live reads are some of the funniest things I've ever heard. Because, I mean, we're just being so blatantly brazen. Like, you know, you know, where are they located? Well, they're located in Austin, Texas, Jim. What's that zip code again? Do they have a phone number you can tell me? And they'd be like, hey, 1-888-323-C4. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Really, you know, playing up those radio cliches. Uh, are they there for all my uh, energy drink and energy energization <laughs> needs? Are they family-owned and operated? Since when? You know, are they conveniently located? You know, that kind of stuff. Well, you're conveniently located right here in Spring Hill, aren't you? Yeah, but I mean, that's the, that's the funny thing about those cliches, because nothing is conveniently located unless it's outside of my friggin' door. Right. Yeah. You know, our friendly and supportive staff, while well, I expect them to be, why would you say that in a radio ad? I mean, what's the deal with that? <laughs> Sorry. I had to go down that. I mean, I, you know, if you want to... Mention how unfriendly your staff is. That might be a selling point, too. Right. There's okay. some people who are like, yeah, I'll you know, take our it. Friend, I'll our I'll staff take is generally friendly, except Craig. <laughs> Craig will rub you the wrong way if you look at him the wrong way. Every so. time. Just avoid him and don't make eye contact. But, I mean, that, that's something that you would put in a radio ad. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Why not? We have a very friendly and supportive staff, except Ralph. <laughs> Ralph will come up and sit next to you, and you don't know why. 
and he kind of smells like armpits and cigarettes. And he might take some of the food off your plate. But just letting you know ahead of time, that's what you can expect by coming to our restaurant. So come on down. We're conveniently located only if you're near these two cross streets <laughs> at that particular time of day. Okay? Then we're really convenient. But otherwise, we're kind of convenient. I actually did a radio spot series that won me a gold Addy Award when I was in radio. And we did all that kind of stuff. It was a car dealer, of all things. So we did the screaming spot. Who are the, who are the worst? Yeah. Well, I mean, they were willing to go out on that limb and make fun of themselves. Yeah. You know, we did the whole disclaimer thing and said all these really funny things in the disclaimer. Like, we're lying to you. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all this other stuff. They sped it up really quickly. Yeah. 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 And it was basically, you know, the, the GM got on. He said, look, we're just another Chevy dealer in a sea of Chevy dealers. We have just about the same inventory that every <laughs> Chevy, deal, Chevy dealer has right around the same price. Um, the thing about us, what makes us special? Good luck finding us. We are located in the most horrible place. They'll never find us. I mean, it really was a tough place to find. <laughs> so I said, let's play that up. Why not? It yeah, stuck out like a sore thumb because <clears throat> they were dishonest. And so. then they want to know, <clears throat> then people want to know, oh, where is that now? Right. He said, go to the website. Keep their curiosity. The, the, the Google map is there. You can download it and try and find us. Good luck. There's an he app literally for that. said it in the There's actual spot. There's an app spot. for that now. <clears throat> oh, this is back in 0809. We didn't have apps back then. No, I guess not. My bad. But yeah, you know, what's wrong with that? Anything sad ever happen? Sad? Yeah. Did you ever make anybody cry? Not that I can think of. Huh. Only when they get really tired of being on my podcast. And I just keep them there. <laughs> okay, it's hour three. <laughs> Should we We're quit yet? to hour five. We're still talking about podcasts. <laughs> All right. Well, Jim, anything else going on that you want to talk about? Oh, uh, just continuing the podcast and do voiceover and all that fun stuff and moving forward with that. <clears throat> awesome. Well, so. tell, tell people where they can find your podcast. Oh, you can check us out. One of them is whatsyourproblempodcast.com, where we talk about all sorts of uh, local business owners and professionals' uh, business problems because uh, it's kind of a thing in business that it's always something. I think in life in general, it's always something. So, And then uh, capesandhammers.com, where if you're a Marvel fan, you can listen to three guys just bloviate about Marvel movies, and that's a good place to go. Jim McCarthy, thank you so much for joining us here. You've been listening to Price's Highway, the podcast, presented by PriceSellsHomes.com. Don't think twice. Call Carrie Price at 615-497-3317 or find her on the web at PriceSellsHomes.com. Powered by in-house digital media and fed by Frank over at the Grecian Family Restaurant. For Steve Price, I'm Craig Midget. Thanks for listening. Always buckle up and stay safe out there. You've been listening to Price's Highway, the podcast. A Steve Price totally terrible production.